0: Wow. Thank you so much for tuning in to Conspiracy is the Theory. I'm your host, Relan. Today, we got a special guest for us, Oliver Graves from AGT, an amazing comedian. Oliver, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right. Hey, thank you for me. Awesome, awesome. I got the name right on this intro right here. <laughs> so the second hey. one, I got it right. Yeah, we can
1: talk about that. I, a lot of people, I get called Oscar every now and then.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so cool. People,
1: I've been introduced on stage as Oscar Graves. I think it's like Oscar the Grouch. I think people kind of associate me mm-hmm. with that colorful character. But I think it's, you know, Oliver is more than like the orphan.
0: I think that's more what I want to be associated with. I get it. So My father-in-law's name is Oscar, and I think that's why I coordinated it and got it wrong the first time. Um, Yeah, we had to restart the episode because apparently it wasn't recording it, (laughs) so we're going back, so this is kind of a second round.
1: (laughs) You're you're all going to wish you heard it, lost media. It
0: was awesome. It was like groundbreaking stuff. All right, man. Oh, yeah. Tell tell the audience a little bit about who you are and kind of what you do, Oliver.
1: Well, I am a stand-up comedian, and I'm also a journalist winning journalist, if you wanted to even say, but I am, and uh, I'm more of a, an absurdist and kind of a parody of life. My comedy is more appreciated if you understand stand-up comedy, because the way I uh, subvert things and do meta humor. So you're, if, it, I try to be approachable for anyone who's unfamiliar with stand-up comedy, but that's what I do and I'm, I'm Goth or so Goth you know whatever you want to call me, you know. I don't really feel like goth easiest because I wear black makeup and I'm very dry and I do one liners. Now is that kinda of like what's uh,
0: what was that comedian's name, Mitch um yeah, Mitch um Mitch Hedford was a one liner comedy Yeah know, yeah yeah. I, yeah kind of like do you it, like his comedy?
1: No no. I don't it I mean I don't dislike it. But I'm not that into it. Like I like it pretty well, and people compare me to Stephen Wright, who I also like. Mm-hmm. The comedians I like tend to be way different from me. Mm-hmm. It's like stuff like, oh, I couldn't do that because that's the thing. Like I, you know, full respect to the Teddors and Stephen Wright and you know Eva Phillips and all the other one-liner comics, but it's like, well, I, I don't really kind of want to watch them because I, I don't want to be influenced by that. I want to do my own thing. So it's kind of a like weird artistic approach. There. It's not a an audience approach. You know, I, I don't think just appreciate it the same way. I, I I get nervous about like I don't I don't want to have this in my brain. So I like people like Maria Bamford. She does a lot of really cool stuff with voice work and stuff. Jim Gaffing is pretty good. He does a lot of they do a lot of these asides and things like that. that's really good. You're just adding to your, your joke so much more. Kevin Nealon, really funny. Someone that's working a lot right now, Whitney Cummings. I think she's really kind of underappreciated.
0: Who was underappreciated? Whitney, Whitney Cummings. I like Whitney Cummings. She's funny. I, I liked she, your show too. Huh? People, people don't like
1: pretty comedians because they're like, "Wait a minute, yeah, what are you doing on
0: stage being funny? Like, you have you have really good looks. That's not fair, and you're funny. Yeah, they get jealous." Her show was great. I don't even know why it got canceled. I think I canceled after one or two seasons. Whitney, that was a good, funny show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I really like that show. Now, have you seen? Have you seen a change in, in, in comedy lately with all that cancel culture and stuff like that? Have you seen some of your friends who do comedy? Have they kind of tamed down their stat a little bit, or
1: I don't really watch other comedians because they're not very funny. But I would say that some people are trying to be more, you know acceptable at all avenues like i i've always had the approach for my comedy that i want to be long-lasting like i don't like writing topical humor but i think it's good in a lot of ways that people are kind of realizing that a joke might age poorly then you might go well i wrote this and it was a piece about whatever race or culture or gender thing issue that was going on at the time and then you look back like well now it's been a year or two, and like, I can't really do that joke. So I think that like, overall, it will see an improvement. And I know there's this sort of added about, like, I don't really care about the, like the wokeness. Like I, I, I think a comedian's job is to be funny with no regard to who they offend. I don't yeah. think it's their job to offend people. Though. I don't. I don't support the idea that you want to get on stage and make people upset. You're supposed to make them happy and, and laugh. Yeah. But sometimes you have to hurt people's feelings. You have to have the bravery to understand that. But I think the, the added effect from this is people start being more aware of, they might fall into that alignment. Not that, that, that why, the way I think is necessarily correct, but I would like more people to, to think
0: like that and have that approach to comedy. Yeah, I agree, man. You want you want to you want to have the people laugh with you and, and have a good time and and have them all comfortable. Now, when you go on stage for the first time, you know, like I said, you, you you have a little bit of a different look than some of the comedians. Is the crowd pretty pretty right there with you and and, and and understanding and enjoying the show, or do you have to? Is it like a little bit of a wall at the very beginning that you got to kind of break down that wall to get them to to fall in love with you?
1: I actually don't know. I I know I build tension sometimes. But I don't know if they're like in on it and they want it and they're being quiet and patient because that's the energy I'm trying to kind of produce, or if they're being quiet and patient because they're afraid of me. But either either way, I've made it work and I'm I'm okay with it. Um, but I I've, I have found that I do better when I get you know more time, obviously, mm-hmm. and that sort of that momentum that I can kind of build as more people kind of get in with the way my jokes are going to be, my going to be. That, yeah, like it's, they do get into it more and more, and it's definitely just help with like being able to go last on shows, making someone follow me after I build that momentum is usually yeah. terrifying. Although sometimes I don't build that momentum, and someone can follow me and do really well. So.
0: Now, do you um, do you? do you write your comedy exclusively by yourself or do you work with other writers for your, for your comedy? I'm asking because when I, I used to do comedy back and I used to work a lot with Eric Myers before he passed away. He would help me kind of dial some of my stuff up in there and it was easier to do it that way because he could take what I'm trying to say and he could really structure and say, Chris, this is what you have to do. Um, how do you do it?
1: By and large, I write all of my own stuff, but I you, know, you work with other comedians to drive with other comedians you're bouncing ideas off each other, you know, you're you're saying, Hey, this is what you could do with your set and you know, you're helping both people you know, all talk to them about what they do, they're talking about what I do. So it's it's never gonna be hundred percent. I can never sit there and go, All of it, hundred percent it's all me. Like, no, I you know, I even talk with people that are just writers, they're so not comedians. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like working on this, I don't you know how I post that. I've always liked this joke, it just sounds cute, it doesn't sound funny. So I mean I I just try to sit down and, and write a big lump of them. But then every now and then I'm like, this one isn't quite there. So that, and then also still you yeah, have someone's like, hey, you know what you could do, you know, pointers up. you come up, they say, you know, it'd be good if you, you add added this tag or twitch to this. Yeah. So yeah, it's great that you can be kind of collaborative in that way.
0: Yeah. Do you do it on a schedule, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes per day at this time? You, you just write ideas down, or do you just are you just hanging out, and then something pops in your head, you pull your phone, you start typing those in there. Is that How do you do it? That's exactly
1: what it is. It's an idea that will pop into my head, and, you know, maybe I'll jump into Twitter and pop it on there right away, because I don't really care about Twitter. Yeah. So I'll put the, all the duds will be on Twitter for forever, I guess. Um, but then, you know, if I have another idea, I'll write it down, work on it, or go like, oh, that's a subject, and like, that's close, let me let me come back to that. Sometimes, very rarely, I'll sit down and actually just try to write, but it, again, I do one-liners, it's difficult to, to really write that out. So, I mean, I do sit down and write, though, I, you know, I don't want people to think, oh, you can get away, like, this is how you do comedy. You can do comedy your way, however everyone do it, but I am also a writer. I write for a newspaper, so I do sit down and write articles. So a big part of comedy is writing, writing, performing, and editing. Yeah. So I, yeah, the, the writing portion is every now and then a couple of an idea. The editing portion is trying to put all those jokes in an order and fixing them and then, you know, the performing portion. So editing is also very important.
0: I didn't know you wrote, so is that, is that, is that your, is that your like full-time job? You write for a newspaper and then you do comedy or you just comedy your full-time job and the newspaper your part-time job?
1: I, I do a lot. I perform and I write and whatever else I can pick up for a gig. But yeah, writing for a newspaper, I've been doing that for like two years now, something like that. That's and cool. it's a newspaper out in Sonoma County and I try to write whatever funny ideas I can, interview people that are, you know, Connected in some way to talent or reality shows, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. I I was honored with the California Journalism Award last year or something. There's just they're supposed to give me a plaque and so I never got it, so it's
0: know. Man, that's know. really that's cool. That. I did not know that. You know, that's why that's why podcasts are good. You get to know somebody a little bit more than what you kind of see on TV and. And even even in their comedy, that is really really cool, man. You know, like I said, I, I understand. You know, I I, I always because I'm a musician too, so I always I'll I'll put an idea at like two o'clock in the morning, laughing, putting it in my phone, so I have notes the next day when I'm when I'm working on something or writing on something. But you know, I usually will come in my studio from like seven till ten o'clock every night, and either inspiration or work on stuff. I wasn't sure if you had kind of the same routine.
1: Hey. I sometimes never seem sometimes, don't. Sometimes like I need to write something, and other times I'm like, this is, this is just happening. I, I have to do this. And I remember when I wrote an article at 3 a.m. one night because I had a really funny idea, and I sent that like right away to, to my editor, and he loved it. Cool. Uh, he, I, I know he could tell when I sent it to him because the timestamp of the email, he must have known that
0: I was writing that for
1: two to three hours that night.
0: So you're sitting at 3 o'clock in the morning?
1: I'm, still, I, I'm sure that's when I finally sent the email because I wanted it because it's like you you work on it, you write it, and then you don't want it to look like trash when you send it, even though he's an editor and he's gonna go over it, but like I don't want it to look rough, rough, rough draft, I want it to look closer to the final draft, yeah. so you're reading over and over and over again, you're like what's grammar again,
0: what's spelling? Now, do you have a, like a significant other that you bounce ideas? I mean, this is what I'm saying. Yesterday, my wife came in here. She she listens to all the stuff that I do and she's brutal, man. I did vocals on my song yesterday. She came and said, this does not sound good. You need to delete it and redo it with more attitude and more feeling. I was like, oh, dang. Do you have someone in your life who, who you let hear your material and they're honest with you? Well,
1: when I was dating people, I'm not dating anyone now. I was kind of bounce ideas off of them of course, show them things. The last person I dated hated it, it did almost everything I did, so that was fun. They didn't like any of the art I did. I was like, Cool, that's really supportive. Oh, I I like to draw off and I, I did kind of a challenge back in October of like I'm posting a new piece of art every single day mm-hmm. which was just part of pushing myself to draw more because I don't I haven't been working on that. And they're like, You shouldn't do this, this is stupid. I was like, Cool, thank you. Why we're dating yeah. So that's been fun. Um, but I, I had other person I was dating who wouldn't even watch my sets.
0: I'm like, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> I like, oh, I can hear better. you. You sounded fun. I'm
0: like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. I don't like my wife to go to my shows. Whenever I'm performing, I, I don't like her to come to them. But I'll bounce my ideas off her at right home, <laughs> but because I don't want the pressure of somebody at the show. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't want that. You know. But I was going to say something. You said yeah, you did I art can put too, the, right? Put
1: out there, you know, the yeah.
0: You you have you have you seen that stuff going on with the? Uh, they they make art and stuff and they put it out there and, and people pay with crypto. I forget the name of the service is NPO. What's uh, called? Like N- Yeah, are are you these people getting insane money, man? Are you doing that with your art? You you may you may make a lot of money on crypto.
1: No, no one's actually making that
0: money. Like one or two people randomly. That's like winning the lottery, though, because so many people are doing that. You have to pay money to post that art. Do you really? Oh, that's where they're making the money. It's what that one that one commercial back in the day? I bought this TV for two dollars and twenty-five cents, but it cost you like a dollar to bid on the TV or something like that per penny. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there was. There's a lot
1: of stuff going on. I actually just wrote an article on it because it's similar to how someone just sold a VHS copy of Terminator for $32,000 at an auction. It was a comic, it was a comic book related, not comic comedian, comic book related auction. And a $32,000 for a VHS copy of Terminator. Because it was in pretty nice condition. It was graded, which is another way they get you. Like, you have to get it officially graded like, for $32,000, do you know any copies of Terminator on VHS you could have bought off of eBay? Wow. For some... $10,000, do you know any copies you could have bought? Like, do you really think all of those would have been in bad condition? It, like, it was a scale. Only one person bid on it. Because they're trying to inflate the value of that collectible and the importance of grading. Like, look, look how much money this person made for having that graded. So NFTs are falling into that type of mindset of, wow. look how much this art is worth. Look how much it's, it, but they're just selling things to each other. And that's where you can get in the conspiracy of where Putin's money might be. You know, they talk about, well, they can't do all this stuff because of the sanctions. Well, if they put money into crypto and NFTs or and exchanging it prior to invading in the Ukraine, then they've been buying and selling art online and they got plenty of money. The people at top anyway, the people that have these millions of dollars that they spend on the, the monkey drawing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, it, I, you know what? I have already have too many expensive habits, <laughs> to do music and whatnot. I don't mess with none of that stuff. I don't put. I don't. I don't go in the stock market because I don't lose my money. I don't go to the strip clubs because I don't want to lose my money. I'm not gonna get involved in any of these NFTs because I don't want to lose my money. I I already spend too much money on stuff I actually love. You know. Yeah,
1: you can just pay me to make some art. You know, like that's what I told people. You should do that. Like, you just give me fifty dollars and I'll make you some weird looking art. It's not gonna be that good, too. like <laughs> pixely looking dirty art. But that's what I do.
0: Yeah, you know what? I should, I should, I, sh- I you know, what? I would pay you fifty bucks if you made a logo for Conspiracy Is The Theory, man. I would. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been going on Fiber <laughs> looking for somebody to make me a logo for Conspiracy Is The Theory because I have like a generic one up there and I can't do it. If you end up doing something like that, you let me know. I, I'd pay fifty bucks and I'll heart meat for a good logo from <laughs> from my, for my podcast because I, if you see my covers, they're horrible. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good at art man, at all. Not well, at all. Stylistic,
1: that's for sure. Man.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Now, let's let's get into a little bit of some conspiracies. Do you think Bigfoot's an alien? I've seen this out there. <laughs> it said Bigfoot is an alien. And uh, what, what's, your, what's your stance on Bigfoot?
1: I think if there was ever uh, a great ape living out in North America, it's dead. Yeah, it's long gone. There's, you know, you know I, I believe legends maybe were true. Like It's, it's definitely possible that there was a great ape population out here. That a mammal of that size with just the minuscule amount of evidence has never found a dead one no one's ever just shot one and be like here's the corpse of the bigfoot it says no it's just, they're, they're they're extinct then which it's it's really interesting looking up like extinct animals like the Tasmanian tiger and stuff like how and the the elephant bird that's one that, from Madagascar that Magellan so it's like 500 years ago there was uh, an apex predator bird on Madagascar that would eat like lemurs and stuff. But when we started going there, more well, we brought, we literally brought chicken pots and it was a transferable disease from chickens to the elk, and they wiped them out from like hunting and, and the disease. Wow. So I think it's definitely very possible that we had a large ape, like not a bear, but an ape living in North America from, from all these regions, but just through the course of you know, maybe humans, Native Americans, whatever the the shift in climate and things that they they all got wiped out. So maybe even in the Gold Rush era, maybe even in you know 1848 in California, people saw and actually saw a real Bigfoot, but it might have been the last of their kind. So you know, whatever it didn't have canvas, I so would never actually know. But that's Sort of my feeling of yeah. what
0: what Bigfoot may or may not have be or have been. Now. I get all my information from the History Channel, and they are not a sponsor of this show. They, they better get it together. Um, I seen on the History Channel that that back in the eighteen hundreds there was a, a woman. Ver- there was a Bigfoot, but it was a woman who lived with the village, who actually hooked up with the villagers, and I think had a kid and stuff like that. And she was all hairy, like, and she was tall, like Bigfoot. And it's documented, like it's it's been documented. Have you ever heard that? No, that's a new one. I never heard that one. Yeah, I would look into it. I compl- seen it on History Channel, so it has to be legit. <laughs> so you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously. But um, but you know what? But there's 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 the Yeti, oh, there's Sasquatch, Bigfoot. There's every. It seems like every country has has their Bigfoot story. So there has to be something to it. And you know, there has to be. And I agree. What ninety nine percent of animals are extinct at this point that has it ever existed? Is that I think that's the correct number? About ninety nine percent
1: as we started documenting them and, and thinking, Hey, we should keep track of this. We should make notes of these things we're finding. We started wiping them out. You know, we started doing that like 1800s, 1900s. We're like, well, what? We just, we just killed all those. The thing you're drawing in a book. Yeah. And that's that thing that we just shot and we're making into a rug. That was all that one.
0: Now, do you think, do you think Hitler got out of, uh, Germany? I ask a lot of guesses, because I, 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 I watch World War II all day long, and I'm like, I, I'm obsessed with it, <laughs> you know. I, I, do you think Hitler got out?
1: No. You don't think so? No, I don't think he got out. I think he, he saw what happened to Mussolini and was like, fuck that. I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want to be dragged to the streets. I don't want to be tortured. I think he was too scared. I think he was, like, his real true nature came out. At the end, and he did take his life because he, he knew what he did. He was self aware to what he was doing, and he's like, What they would do to me, I cannot let them find me. Yeah. That he would not run the risk of, of going out and being caught. The
0: picture that I see. So no, I, I don't think it out. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's, it's a lot of people are kind of the same thing. I think he got out because the picture that I seen that Russia took didn't look like him, and there's so much evidence that he got out to. Argentina. Like there's like German villages out there, like straight up crazy.
1: Well there's ones that were they were seeing during and after, yeah. They were setting things up over yeah. there. So I mean there's there's definitely people that were in his you uh, know, uh, what what house I guess, whatever you want to call it, that did get out and stayed out and had lives that, you know, people didn't necessarily know about at the time because they went to someone that was off the map as far as World War II. Like, well, that's, that's what you do. You get out of Europe, you don't go to America, you don't go to Japan, you just go somewhere else. Yeah.
0: And then, <clears throat> I'm sorry, drink too much water. See, my, so my show just is, it's not polished like some of the other ones. You drink too much water, you start choking right here alive on the air. <laughs> all,
1: the time, all the time, I'm like, hold on, let me take a break while I fall. <laughs>
0: There you go, there you go. Now... I guess, and then, and then there's stories of like you know with Hitler and them doing time travel and and working with aliens. Do you think time travel is possible?
1: I mean, we're traveling through it right now. We are.
0: But I guess going
1: backwards. I don't know. I don't think we can really make time travel work. I think it, it, it just the the only way it can work is if you could like. You got to think of it almost like a video game, right? Yeah. You got your, uh, like I don't know. I don't know what a good video game to reference. Is. It's got to be something like SimCity or Animal Crossing. Like imagine a world, right? Yeah. Like you go with SimCity, right?
0: Oh yeah, Sim I've never Sim played Sim the game, City. but I've heard of it.
1: Right, you build a building, right, and then it goes through, and it, it has a, it has a timeline itself. It goes from 1910 to like 1920, but so you can save every time you want, anytime you want. You can save every year, every day. And you can actually open up the save file from 1910 again if you want to play from that point. Mm-hmm. Well, that's almost like time travel. But then you yeah. still have the one from 1920. And then you can move forward from both of those points. So in a way, that's kind of how time travel, I think, would have to work. It has to be like opening a new save file. And then you have to wonder, is that even possible? Like, are, are, is reality capable of opening a new save file? But then you have to ask, what is reality? What is, you know, is there especially RAM and memory, as far as reality goes? Could it handle this reality being open while you open another one? Can you run two of the same program at the same time in two different windows? Is that possible? And I don't know. But that's, that's the way I think time travel would kind of have to work. You can't have both of those things. Like you can have 1910 and 1920 happening concurrently. And the window of 1910, that save file, that SimCity game where, you know, maybe you got a fire. All of that happened. Anything you do in the new save file will not affect the other save file. The 1920 save file won't be, like, changed because it's its own thing. So that's kind of my theory. Is That's almost like saying it's a different dimension. That's exactly that's what I was going to say. You just went through all yeah, the dimensions. I was, I did it, yeah. Yeah but, yeah. but the question about, about different dimensions is can it handle it? Because Dragon Ball Z did it in an interesting way where they had like rings. It's like every time someone time travels, it creates a new ring that you you can put on and go to that timeline. Like that box is getting awfully full of rings. And then Marvel and Avengers just were like there's just so many timelines. It's just like infinite. It's like, okay, well you just decided that there's there's
0: no limit to this. Whereas yeah, Dragon Ball seems like, Well, there's like seven right now. Yeah, well, that breaks down like each dimension. It kicks it up. Like the fourth dimension, you can you you can create a new timeline, but you can only go back and then back the other way. As you get to the fifth and sixth dimension, you can have shortcuts to different timelines. Each one's different. By the time you hit the tenth dimension, you're god. <laughs> Pretty much, you can create your own universes. That's how dimensions
1: dimension, go. There's no issue for like RAM and memory for all these fourth dimensional issues. Depends what is just going to have, like, basically infinite space. Yep. For all well, third-dimensional beings, like, we could just refine, I guess.
0: Yeah. There's plenty of room for us. And the the fourth dimension is called Tesseracts, you know. That's exactly where they're getting all their, Marvel just, like, went all in on these dimensions, man. They did. They, like, they they cover them all, which is... I think it's really cool. At least they have a a reference point on what to do with it. And you're right. I had to get a new computer because my old computer... Uh, I'd run out of. I couldn't even mix my songs anymore because it would just stop. So I had to go upgrade a new computer that now has like 64 gigabyte RAM in it and like you know one terabyte with that new i nine twelve or something I don't know, but it's it's all foreign to me. I just say give me something that's gonna work and not break down for a long, long time. And it doesn't so work as good. Reality. Yeah,
1: your old computer. Yeah, all those beings like digitally. Yeah.
0: It has more power, but it, I like Mother Computer better. Mother Computer ran smoother. It, this one's moody. It's an expensive, moody computer. And my other one, it just ran That's, out of space.
1: It's not of this reality. We could be a, be a simulation. So you know, this one's not working out. It, it turned off.
0: Now, if we are a simulation, time travel is possible. Because you can, like you said, pause it, rewind it, and then we'll take a look at it or fast forward it and kind of go from that way. But my problem with, with being a matrix and, and is... That means everything. It's like a computer program, right? It, it, like you said, it goes through, but it's already predetermined where it's going to be. I think that kind of takes away the free will, uh, possibly.
1: Well, there are rules in reality that we can't do. anything. We can't do anything about, you know, space. That's just that's a really like if you think about a video game, like space kind of sucks. If you just think about like humans, it's like trying to be explorers. It's like, all right, we can go to the moon. We could probably go to Mars and Venus. Like we just it's too expensive, the amount of food, like the travel, like putting people in little you know, trash cans for two years to get there. We could probably do that though. But we can't really go to another star system. Like that's like wait a minute. It's like when you play Grand Theft Auto and you're going to you're out on the water, you can just kinda keep sailing out of the water when like, you can't actually leave San Andreas. Like you just get stuck. Like, that's what space feels like to me. It just feels like no, you're supposed to just you're supposed to just stay in this area and do all your stuff in this area. They just made it impossibly far for you to go from one star to another. You're not going other planets like that far out. Like, sorry, it, may, it just feels like a video game. Like that's that's how you design things. Mm-hmm. That's how video game designers design things. Is they start just using the limitations that we have as 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 a species.
0: Yeah and well do you do you do any of the v r games you put those things on your head and play those type of games like that? I've never did it, so I don't know if I'd do it
1: I'm, well, cool. i like I like pixel stuff and retro stuff so you do you you have yes. played
0: those v r games before
1: no I, I my friends do that they've tried them out they're they're looking into it and they want to like get into that world and all that,
0: but I am not into that. I'm not either. I, I have to see what <laughs> what's going on around me, man. I can't have my eyes covered and not know.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm I'm like, hell no.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm claustrophobic, so I think that, that makes me even more claustrophobic if I can't really see what's going on around me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say, man, it's been great talking to you. Now, Oliver, where can, where can the people listening to the show find you and, and see your comedy and, and where can they follow you? Well, I try to be
1: on almost every social media, but you can go to olivergraves.com. That's my name, olivergraves.com. It has links to my social media, so I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, uh, YouTube. Boy, am I on any others. Oh, I guess I'm on Twitter. Twitter, I don't really care. Everyone's like, you should blow up and be big on Twitter. I'm like, it never worked for me, actually. I, I think there's something about my humor that's not automatic for people, which is funny. Sometimes people say, I read this in your voice. And that's the most important thing is once you understand my style and my humor, then you can get my jokes so much more. So become acclimated with it. Become familiar. You go to all the great stuff. You can watch a few of my steps that are on there and get my sense of style. And I think you'll get on board for everything else. That
0: you, or you won't, which is also fine. I don't care if you don't like me. I'll submit. I, I think I'm surprised Twitter's still around. <laughs> I've never really been on Twitter. Twitter fire people arguing with each other that's what it is maybe that's why i never got into it because i don't i don't like to fight online i don't want to i don't want to be having a beef with somebody on twitter or facebook or anything i definitely love that people
1: it's so much fun to do something
0: like that there you go awesome all right brother it was a great talking to you man anytime you want to come back on the show dude. you let me know and i do appreciate taking the time oliver man you have a wonderful day brother.
1: There are all kinds of unsolved murders that we need to come back and talk about.
0: Absolutely. Anytime you want to come, just just message me. Hey, Chris, can we come on and talk about this? And I'll have you on the show again in a heartbreak, man. I definitely will.
1: Absolutely. Well, I look forward to it.
0: All right, man. You too. All right, brother. Have a great day. All right, bye. Thank you.